impacts them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Man Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, I just want to remind you to hit that subscribe button so you can catch a new episode each and every single week. Make sure you leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing and share this with a friend if you get value from these episodes. That's all because we are on a mission of connecting men in pursuit of their potential. And we do that by embracing discomfort, cultivating community, and putting wind in each other's sales. And I'm excited to get some wind in our sales today from my guest, Scott Ramage, founder of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. My man, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Scott. I'm excited for today's conversation. I am super excited as well. I think we uh, hit it off when you were a guest on mine. And this is this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I already know we have a lot of uh, similar values and and thoughts and ideas in terms of how how your podcast show was. And and it was an honor to be a guest. Glad to have you on this time to be a guest. But before we jump into the conversation, I want to make sure you have an opportunity to get acquainted with our audience. So please take the floor, let them know who you are, what you do, and we can hop in a little bit deeper. Wow, that's a big question. It's always like, <laughs> what am I going to say first? I think I'll just give you my value ladder first. You know, mm-hmm. I believe that God is first. My wife is second. My kids are third and everything else comes after that. Yeah. That being said, I am a um, a serial entrepreneur, uh, becoming more of moving into the long-term business owner. So a lot, a lot of years of being an entrepreneur. And um, but But first, like I said, for me, it's serving my family and my community. And uh, part of that community is men. And so I started the Brotherhood of Fatherhood with actually with a friend of mine a couple of years ago, almost three years ago now. It started as a Facebook group, turned into a podcast very quickly, and then had our first event this summer. So mm-hmm. I run that. It's incredible. It's maybe we can talk about the focus later, but I'm also a business owner. So I, I own a business. Uh, I'm very entrepreneurial and I have a couple podcasts. So that's, that's a little mm-hmm. bit about me. I am a, I am a little older than you. I've been married for 26 years and both my boys are teenagers. I have a 14 year old and 18 year old. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm excited to have you on because, you know, I, I look up to men like you, honestly, man. And, and it's because while we can look at the path in front of us, we can look at some of the challenges that we have. I, I believe that no problem is unique and new, right? We might have different approaches to it, but there's been billions of people that have lived on this earth. So I, I imagine that the problems that we face have probably happened before, but I mean, you mentioned business owner, serial entrepreneur, but married for 20 plus years, raising kids. I, I The first thought process that, that comes to mind for me and what I think some of the men might get value from is talking about navigating the, the, uh, I want to say, I guess, navigating the up, navigating the growth, right? Oh boy. Be- because I could see the heavy lift that might be in front of me in terms of not having a kid yet, but trying to get a business off the ground. Raising a business is hard. I can't even imagine trying to do that with kids in the picture. So talk about the challenges of navigating that up when everything started coming together and when kids were thrown into the mix. Well, that is, I don't know if you plan that or not. It's an amazing segue <laughs> into why I'm like so passionate about the topic of men being better husbands and fathers. Like mm-hmm. for me, Every man has the opportunity to do better than they're doing now. You can be an incredible husband. You can be an incredible father. You can be really good at one and suck at another, vice versa. But 
my story is why I do what I do. It's the mm-hmm. driving force. So I was always entrepreneurial and I was an educator. And so to me, and I'm sorry if teachers are hearing this, but the job was boring. I, I loved, love interacting with the kids. I loved interacting with the parents. I hated the bureaucracy kind of as an independent soul, but it bored me. I, I love during the day I was super engaged, but I wasn't the guy that needed to go home because I was super efficient and work for five more hours grading papers and all this stuff. So I always was like, what is going on in my head? Why am I so on, you know, not resting? And mm-hmm. um, I started my first business, you know, just a few years into teaching. And that was a, a bike shop. And this is where everything begins. I was really through grad school. I was a bike mechanic. I was a ski mechanic. I was um, a race bikes. So I was very passionate about that as kind of like a hobby. I was good at it. And um, I think what happened looking back, and I've seen a pattern, Ted, that's pretty incredible. And, and maybe you can like think about this with some of your clients or not your clients, your, the people you've interviewed is as soon as my first was coming on board, was coming in, is when I started my entrepreneurial journey. Mm. So my son, my wife is pregnant. You know, this is our first. We're in our careers. We're heavy into our careers. And I decide right before he's born, instead of working for someone else at a bike shop in the summer, I'm just going to serve the people I know and work for them. And I have found, Ted, this is incredibly interesting. I mean, I've I've interviewed hundreds of men, not all of them podcasts, but um, hundreds and hundreds of men. And it is such a common theme for men to start a business before, during, or very soon after their firstborn is, is comes into the world. Hmm. And I kind of equate it to like, hey, now we're responsible for another life. We need to step it up. We need to make more money. We need to be that provider. Um, maybe it's like, holy cow, who am hmm. I? What do I do? You know, some, a little bit of this identity thing. I don't know what it was for me, but I started a business. And so... I told my wife, this is going to be a side hustle. Um, I rented 300 square foot Hmm. spot to do it. Within three, four months, I was at 3000 square feet, had full-time employees and built this business out like rapidly. Wow. And yeah. And so fast forward five years of this business, um, now two kids. And I am getting up at 4 a.m., and going to the gym and working out as soon as they open up at four, mm-hmm. I would shower, go to my bike shop, work until I had to leave for school, went and taught as soon as school was let out, go back to the bike shop, work until it was closed. Then after seven or 8 PM and then go home. Wow. So you tell me how involved I was in my life, my, my family. So I absolutely- go ahead. You, I was going to say probably absent, man, and and not by kind of just neglect, but probably you were so driven, focused, and tackling Super what was right in front of you. I was, and I didn't see the forest for the trees at that time. You know, I thought my kid being in the building with me was a great opportunity, and I thought it was it was crazy. Ted. There was days when I would have a rep coming. I remember one Halloween, and we have a big parade downtown where my business was, and I was going to take my kids out with my wife, but my rep said, for the business. I, hey, I'm dropping in. And I just dropped them. I'm just like, Hey, I got a rep coming in. I need to meet him. And my wife's like sitting here with the two little kids all dressed up like, Oh, this is awesome. She was amazing. She was very resilient. She um, is a very independent woman, but there's only so long you can do that. And I was just blind. I had blinders on. 
Here's, mm -hmm. here's another thing we could talk about is identity. My identity was as a business owner, was as the bike shop owner. Yeah. And so this all came to a head about, it was five years into owning this business. I came home one night, the house was dark and there was a, the table was empty. There was one setting left on, ta on the table. She'd never done this. I don't know why she did it. And everyone was asleep. And it's like, all of a sudden I got hit with the Mack truck. It was that Mack truck moment. Like, yeah. what am I doing? I haven't even seen my family today. Mm -hmm. And it hit me so hard. So um, long story short, I decided to sell the business. This was in 2009 after the big crash, decided to sell the business, kept all the inventory because I had a buyer. Yeah. The very last hour he was coming to sign the contract. He called me, he said, Hey, I'm not going to show up. I changed my mind. And um, there's so many things, so many ways to go. And I'll try not to make so, this long, but. But you're working. Sorry to interrupt. You're no. working as a teacher. Yep. You're building this business. So you're trying to sell the business so you could just focus on teaching. That's so kind of what the move you're trying to make. Yeah. Someone told me it would be more, it would be better for me to stay a teacher, which was the wrong answer when I look okay. back, but um, you know, it's, it's more stable, which I find is a fallacy personally, but I, I took that advice. So I had over $250,000 of inventory in cycle, which mm -hmm. means like it's all been shipped, but you sell it and then you pay it off. It was just the way that business worked. And so here I am, I hadn't sold any inventory off. And I'm, I'm at this moment. I'm like, my wife and my wife said, yes, please sell. And I'm at this moment where I made the commitment to sell. I want my family time back. I want to, I want to be a better father and husband and everything, the floor drops out. So I decided to, to go ahead and close. I sold, did a fire sell for as much as I could on pennies on the dollar and immediately overnight, my wife says it was $350,000 in debt overnight, immediately for that decision. Oh, wow. So that was mistake number one. Um, not being the husband and father I meant to be. The best move I made was doing that move. Even though it put me in debt, it was the best thing I did because I was able to then step into the new Scott. But I'm going to tell you for any guys who, anybody who has their identity wrapped up in their work, the next two years were hell because I had completely lost my identity. All my bike friends disappeared because I could no longer give them deals. I wasn't mm -hmm. always going riding with them, leading them on rides being the shuttle guy and um, my life like literally for internally fell apart. And I just became a shell of a man. I didn't know how to be with my wife. I didn't know how to be with my kids. I tried, I was there, but I wasn't yeah. there. I think so, we've, we've mentioned that before about how our old selves have to die for our new selves to flourish and thrive, but just kind of, it's not like a beautiful go to bed. One person wake up the next people don't understand like the Phoenix, you need to burn down into ashes and then come emerge from the ashes. And there's no telling how long it takes for that to happen. Sounds like for you, you said it was a couple of years. It was two years. Honestly, of hell, I gained a ton of weight. I became <laughs> um, just apathetic to everything. I was uh, still dialed into my own stuff. I was paying attention. I didn't know how to do anything different. And um, thank, thank God I, I found a company I actually was very successful in an online direct sales company. I didn't know anything about it. But the beautiful part of that was I was directly plugged into really high-level leadership. It was all personal development stuff. And that was the starting of like my growth 
And I dove into that and, and the rest of the story, I've owned multiple businesses since then. But when I was um, talking with my good friend who co-founded Brotherhood of Fatherhood with me, he, he, I'm like, hey, man, I want a tribe. I want to be a part of something bigger than me. I was missing my tribe because I'd moved out of state. I didn't have those men around me that I'd been, you know, grew up with and, and were part of my life through the church or the community. Mm-hmm. And um, I was looking at like Ryan Mickler's Iron Circle and all these other like men things. And just the way I tick, Ted, you might be the same way. I didn't want to join somebody else's thing. I didn't want to be the joining in. I wanted to create. And my buddy goes, Scott, look, you've been through a ton of stuff and you've helped me so much in my marriage and you've helped me so much be a better dad because it's a passion of mine now. Like, don't Mm -hmm. make the mistakes I made. He said, you just got to do your own thing. And that was how Brotherhood of Fatherhood started. And um, yeah, so here we are three years later. So many lessons I have learned. And my whole goal is to use all of those failures, mm-hmm. all of those experiences to really hopefully lighten the load on men that going through the same thing and help them kind of do that Phoenix thing a little faster. <laughs> yeah. What was it like getting that validation? Because I'll, I'll be honest and, and transparent on the podcast, man, when it comes to modern man, I've had some people tell me, Ted, don't be afraid to be a leader. Don't be afraid to be a leader. And for for some, it was like, what what do I have to give? And it sounds like as you're going through those couple of years in that darkness, that validation when you're like, you know, you're looking at these these different circles and you're like, man, I want to start my own thing. And to have your co-founders, you've helped me so much, right? You've poured into me so much. I feel like sometimes as men, we don't realize the gift that we already innately have, or we don't realize how how much help we can give somebody else from some of the mistakes that we've made, right? And I say it all the time when in our, in our group, somebody will say, okay, I have a problem. It's amazing seeing how many men are so quick to pour in and help because I think that's just innate in us. We want to pour in, we want to help, we want community and we want to give, but sometimes we don't feel the validation to do it. So what was that like for you stepping into, you know, maybe this uncertainty of wanting to start something and then getting that validation, like, man, you've already helped me tremendously. The validation was huge. I mean, I, I was just being me and talking and and walking through my experiences. Uh, my wife and I have done an incredible amount of work on our marriage and then have really sewed into many, many other marriages. That's something that we're really passionate about is meeting with other married couples and really kind of helping them along. And so for me, it wasn't really a surprise, but it was incredibly validating. Mm. And, but also scary. You get the imposter syndrome, you get, you get like, who am I? Like, and then you start to do the comparison thing. And, you know, I'd gone through the comparison thing through a previous business that was really brutal on my soul and took me down some very interesting learning um, roads of like this comparison is a thief of joy. And for men, that's a, it's a big deal. And I just had to really work on self to get to the point where I was okay with me and that I felt value in myself because feeling value in myself was going to make me valuable to others. And so it was almost like a freedom, like, Oh, I actually can do this. I can, because I had led large teams and crashed and burned uh, because of 
ego and mm. that learning curve, you know, you like for me, I would get success and it was almost like, I'm too good for myself. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm awesome. And really what happens when you hit that point is you crash and burn. Mm. And so I had been through it. So it was a, a really high level of fear based around repeating that, but it was incredibly validating. I think men have more to give than they realize. And, mm -hmm. but I, I do want to give a very, very strong warning. Like Ted, you're really mature in the way that you feel, you know, my, my belief is you're very mature in the way that you view, um, your role as a husband and what you're doing. You have, you, you have very wise things to say and your, your points are extremely wise. Many young men will get one success in something and then start coaching men. Mm. I've seen it over and over again. <laughs> They'll crash and burn in their marriage. And then a week later, they're ready to go start a coaching um, program for, for married couples. This is, yeah. I've seen this in the men's um, sector over and over and over and over and over again. And that scares the hell out of me. So yeah. I had at that point in my life, I was, what is 46, 47 when we started brotherhood of fatherhood. So I had been weathered a lot of things and kind of gotten to that place where at least I had a little bit of understanding a little deeper and I'd seen some things through, I'd seen a lot of failures and I'd seen them through that rising back up that I felt confident, mm. but it's been a journey. Yeah. Well, you started off with saying how better than you're doing now, right? Uh, anyone listening do better than you're doing now and talking about that journey. I think part of what I try and lean into is challenges. And I, I think you just posted something on this on social a couple of days ago, not too long ago, but I'm interested to learn more about how uh, leaning into challenges. Cause as as someone who I'm not a father yet. And that's why I admire the work you're doing because like, man, I'm like, oh, help, <laughs> you know, give yeah. me the playbook and all that. But like the only thing I can, can think of is, and we spoke about this a little bit on, on your podcast when I was the guest was, you know, like, you know, I keep hearing, like, Hey man, you have no idea, you know, it's going to be a different level, but how can uh, maybe for someone who isn't a father yet, or someone who is a father, who has been settled into work because they're locked into their identity. They know who they are at work and there's more uncertainty at home. So they're holding on for dear life into what's comfortable. How can our ability to face challenges help us in fatherhood down the line? It's everything. Like it, it, in my opinion, it's everything, how you embrace adversity, how you embrace change, how you embrace new things coming at you, you, there is no playbook for parenting. Every scenario is different. I mean, you, you go from your wife who may have severe or really like horrible levels of hormonal changes that are, are very hard to go through. You're going through a new life in your arms, like heartbeat, like you go through I don't deserve this. I don't know how to do this. You start to realize that you have anger issues. This is huge. Like you have these like, and now you have a baby in the world and there's so much weighing on you. Like I can't do that anymore. Mm. So something that took me a long time to learn is that facing adversity and being able to face adversity is one of the, one of the key elements to success. And 
I want to talk about a pet peeve of mine first. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's where men have lately really, really tied themselves to physical challenge. Now does physical challenge challenge you emotionally and mentally a little bit, sometimes mentally just getting started. But what I'm seeing, and maybe this is the piece you're talking about, but what I'm seeing is that many men are like, they're embracing this physical challenge. I do hard things and it's helping me grow. But the second they're met with some sort of emotional or um, relational challenge, they do not know what to do. They are lost. Yeah. And so that is all mind work. It's all, you have to really step into and be extremely introspective. This is where I get really, really passionate about the pillars of the brotherhood of fatherhood is um, vulnerability, Mm -hmm. um, intentionality and accountability. And one, we have to be vulnerable to ourselves and really look at ourselves because we tend to see ourselves better than we are. Look at ourselves and be like, where do I need to work? Where am I falling short? And really, we have to look at those things that maybe we're ashamed of or we don't want anybody to know about. And we have to address those. That's where vulnerability comes in, because now you need to find that person, that man with wisdom, with uh, complete trust, someone who will love you no matter what. Share that with somebody, because then you have the ultimate accountability. So that's hard. That's yeah. incredibly hard to do. And so that's why I have a bison behind me I, or Buffalo, big Buffalo picture. And everything I do is talk about that. The, mm-hmm. um, the Buffalo will see a storm coming over the mountains, typically the Rocky mountains up North. And they know that that storm is going to pummel them. Yeah. They know that's a difficult thing coming. I love this story. I know, okay. Is it okay if I tell it again? Please, please. <laughs> okay. I, I wrote it down as a question. So I just checked it off. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. They will see that coming. They know that the, the cold, the wind, the snow, it's going to get like, you know, shoulder depth for them is going to beat them. It might kill them. And it's horrific. And they're looking at that coming and you can see it coming over the mountains. Mm-hmm. Cattle will see the same thing. But there's a completely different way that these two handle it. That's why I have buffaloes all over my house. A buffalo will turn toward the storm, directly toward the storm, and start going straight into it. Mm. When they go hit that storm, of course it pummels them. But what they're doing is they're moving straight into it. They're attacking it, and they're going straight through it, and they're in that storm for not very long. Sure, some will die. There'll be injuries. Cattle, on the other hand, will turn away from the storm and they will start moving away from the storm. That storm's not going to stop. That storm catches up with them and they stay in the storm for much longer, um, have much more death rate, much more injury rate, and it just beats them. It just absolutely beats them. I want men to be Buffalo. I want men to look at adversity in their lives whether it's guilt or shame over something they've done uh, or how they've treated their wives or ex-wives or whatever it may be. (laughs) I want them to look at challenge in work. I want them to look at that really difficult conversation they have to have and say, okay, 
I can be a buffalo or I can be cattle. Cattle, I'm just going to get beat. And I'm going to be a lesser of a human if I go that direction. Mm-hmm. And I want this imagery every time a man faces something difficult. I need to gather my thoughts, run, walking sideways to that storm, think about this, gather my herd, gather my team, because Buffalo travel in herds, and turn into it, have somebody there with me, my accountability person, and go straight into it, knowing that that's the way through. Man, yeah. that's so good. That's so good. I, I'm going to tell a story I've never told before uh, on the podcast. Hopefully my wife doesn't, doesn't care about me telling it, but this is early <laughs> on when we were dating. I'll ask her for permission afterwards, <laughs> but um, we were early on in our relationship and, and let's just say I was adjusting be, to being single and sure there was something on my phone that shouldn't have been there. And when she saw it, she got upset, walked away and was mad. And I remember in that moment when she walked away, I sat down and I had a decision to make. Do I lean in, lie about this, try and boil it over? or do I walk in there, face it, be honest as a man and say, this is the true situation as it is. Thankfully, I picked the second half. I sat in that discomfort. And I said, this is the truth. This is what happened. And we had a conversation. We were able to boil it over. And keep in mind, I could see this as something that could end early relationships, right? This is something oh, yeah. that could go for weeks of an argument back and forth. We were, we were done tonight. We, you know, yep. it was quick conversation. And for me, when you tell that story, I go back to that early on in my relationship. And what's crazy, Scott, is that was the first time I started treating relationships like that. That was the first time. Cause the old Ted would have been, Oh no, um, what do you call it? Right. I would have made excuses and whatnot. And then probably would have lost her because of it. Hmm. But because I was like, Nope, this is it. I messed up. I apologize. What do you need? We were able to boil over it within a night and had a great weekend, flourish the relationship to be the marriage that it is now. So I love that you tell that story because I think so many men are are focused on that adversity. I could take the cold showers. I could, you know, pick up the heavy weight. But the the mental discomfort, man, that's a whole different ball game to, to, to go through. And even breaking down the pillars, very similar to the values of modern man. You mentioned vulnerability. We have the strength in vulnerability, growth, and integrity, right? That integrity of when nobody's watching, when there's no one that knows the truth but you, are you still going to stick to it? Being that you've worked with so many men and and interviewed so many, and especially worked with a lot of fathers with the Brotherhood of Fatherhood, what is a common challenge that you find? amongst a lot of the guys you talk to? I don't know how to pick which one. Identity is a big misplaced identity in work or like you, being a sport fan is yeah. a big one. Like, mm-hmm. and no, 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 no. Your, your work is not your identity because that's going to really mess you up. Um, escapism, like escaping reality through apps, sports, you know, that kind of stuff. But mostly, it's a failure to take accountability for oneself at such an extreme level that there is nowhere to go except for better. Mm. And so I, I told this story at my last event, and I will tell it at every event. 
is the way that you improve your marriage and the way that you become a better father and the way that you become a better employer, employee, um, community member, leader is you focus on one thing. And it's, this doesn't seem right, but it is, is imagine yourself standing in dust, a dusty road, and you have a long stick and you just do a tight circle. You don't walk, you just do a circle. That stick being in the ground the whole time. Now look down, you have a circle drawn around you. Your only focus on when thinking of improving or controlling anything, it, the only thing that you can control or improve is what's inside of that circle. That's you. When your wife is like texting with another guy or has like a work husband or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that's not her fault. It's not the other guy's fault. It's yours. Take 100% accountability because what you, what you do is you got to work on yourself. Is there, there is a reason she is seeking validation outside of the home. There is a reason she needs emotional support outside of you. Don't blame her. Blame the other guy. Take 100% responsibility and don't try and control anything outside that circle. Because as soon as you work on yourself, guess what, guys? You become sexier to your wife. <laughs> You become the guy that she needs. When you start to really, really dig in, you start to realize, wow, if I'm focusing on being a better listener, if I'm focusing on when my wife gets mad at me, what are the, what are the, what are the variables that are leading to this? And I work on those variables that I have control on, Mm -hmm. even if she's a little nutty, it's going to improve the marriage. Like you can point back to yourself and take 100% responsibility on every single thing in your life. Even if you got in a wreck and you had nothing to do with it other than you were at that time and place, this is the extreme level I'm talking about. Like I take responsibility because I should have left two minutes earlier, or I take the responsibility because I made this decision, which led to this decision, or I wasn't paying enough attention. I know that's extreme, but that's Mm -hmm. the level where we're able to grow and put all of these excuses aside and really just be the absolute best man we can. Because when you do that kind of thing, when your kids are out of control, you start to reflect back on yourself. Mm. What have I done that's led them to respond this way? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I don't hold a firm line. Like I'm soft. Mm -hmm. I'm the maybe guy. I'm the bug me enough. And I'll say yes, guy work on yourself, change that because that will change what they do. If you're not a good husband, this is, this is, something I want every man to hear. If you're married, the number one key, the absolute number one key to being the best father you can be for your kids, it's going to stretch some men, is to be the absolute best husband you can be for your wife. Mm -hmm. Because think of it this way. If you have a daughter, she is going to look for and marry a man who treats her the way you treated your wife. Put that into perspective, boys. That's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Right? (laughs) If you're ignoring your wife because you're too into your sports or whatever, guess what your daughter is going to do? And the same for your son. He is going to treat his wife the way that you treated your wife or he's going to act around her that just by intuition... And that's going to carry on generation to generation to generation. And what freaking legacy do you want to leave? Do you want to leave the legacy of a deadbeat dude? 
who comes home, kicks back, drinks a beer, doesn't pay attention to the kids? Or do you want to leave a legacy of a man who loves his wife so deeply that the kids have no other choice but to flourish in their life? And I believe so incredibly strongly about this. Yeah. And that just takes so much work and it takes your values, my pillars. It takes that intentionality of, I have really got to look at myself. I have really got to look at myself and find out what I need to do. Mm. On another note, I know you have some more questions, but on another note, you talked about, you know, your wife seeing something on your phone that shouldn't, or your girlfriend, whatever it was at that point that shouldn't have been there. Um, At our event, and I'm not sharing names, but there was a gentleman who shared some stuff at the fire pit, like where he had really messed up. Well, that started a domino effect. And man, did we hear some, I mean, these men, they were so full of shame, but they realized that, wow, that guy's done things that he's really ashamed of. And that guy's done things he's really ashamed of. We had one gentleman who hasn't been married for too long. He's a very young kid. And he, he shared something that he said he wasn't ashamed of. Then he, he had fixed in his mind, but here's where the accountability comes in. And we're like, well, have you shared this with your wife? He's like, oh, no, no, I, I'm going grave with this. And I looked at him like, dude, you, you can't live life that way. Yeah, I'm challenging you. And then the other guy that shared the first, he's like, yeah, you need to go home and you need to have a talk with your wife. So it goes to what you were saying. He went home. He cried all the way on the plane, all the way home, like not knowing how to deal with this. He, he went for a walk. He sat his wife down. And they went through and he explained it all. And they went through this myriad of emotions, super highs, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I love you, blah, 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 you know, super lows. Then she did the same thing to him. And they are on like this. Now we're a couple months or a month and a half off. They are on this massive trajectory of growth together. Like they are like, I have never felt more in love in my life. I know what my purpose. I want all men to embrace that mentality of, You've done some stupid stuff. You made some, de- some bad decisions. Just own up to it. Step into it. Be the buffalo. Because the buffalo, because they go into it so strongly, become stronger every time they go through. They come become more resilient. They become mm-hmm. more like that storm's not so intimidating anymore. And they can take on bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger challenges. The cattle just keep getting, they get weaker every single time. Yeah. And I think men need to be stronger with everything and they need to take every opportunity in their life, every failure and use it to build themselves to the next level. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you hit on so many great points there. One of which, where you mentioned the model that we are for our kids, my father-in-law, the amazing man that he is, has set a very high bar and a high standard for the type of man my wife expects me to be. That's not intimidating. That's actually honorable. That's something I can look up to because I want the bar set high because if I have a daughter, I also want the bar set high for her, for the man that she chooses in her life as well. So that is something to think about. And to your point with responsibility, a lot of people mistake responsibility for fault. Oh, it's not my fault. It might not be your fault, but it's still your responsibility. I quote that as you can open the door, right? A knock on the door, you open it. There's a baby on your front door. Okay. It's not your fault that the baby's there, but what happens from here on out? is your responsibility. What happens to that child, whether you raise it, whether you take it to the hospital, you find the authorities, what happens next is your responsibility. Might not be your fault, 
but it is still your responsibility. Uh, last question. And it's kind of the, the question of the start because you have accomplished so many amazing things and you've mentioned facing that adversity, facing those challenges, um, navigating the multiple businesses that you've been able to start and grow while being a father. Um, I've heard a lot like, Hey, when you have kids, there are more time for anything. When you have kids, forget it. You won't be able to really do anything for yourself. Um, is there truth to that? Like, how do you navigate that? And I'm glad you you start with a no to debunk some of that myth, but uh, please elaborate more while we have a, a few more minutes left in the podcast. That is definitely somewhere you need to serve and focus. I mean, there's no doubt about it. A lot of guys will say, well, you need to forfeit your physical fitness. You need to forfeit your this, that, and the other, you know, give up your bowling, give up this. I'm saying prioritize. Mm. Okay. Your wife is first. You need to help her through this. She is dealing with incredible emotions. Um, life has completely just took a change, but you can't best serve your new baby. You cannot best serve your new wife unless you are physically fit, mentally tuned and dialed in. And so it's all about intentionality in everything you do, because you can go through your day. Let's say you own a business. You could go through your day at your business. You can make the decision to go out to lunch with some of your coworkers or your, your employees and have a little extra long meeting and kind of talk. This is what men do. And then at the end of the day, they've pretty much been productive for three hours. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or you can say, when I am at work, I am dialed. I am not going to waste a moment. I'm going to make meaningful relationships, but I'm always going to be on point. I can, if you own a business, I can squeeze that time down and then also make sure maybe you have to get up a little earlier, which if you're on late night duty sucks. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's 15 minutes, do 15, do two Tabatas back and back to back. That's eight, like 10 minutes total in your life. Do something hard, you know, physically demanding of yourself and then serve. When you're there to serve, do not be in your phone. Do not be, you might have to do some things for business, but say, okay, in 15 minutes, I'm going to take 15 minutes to get to my emails and texts. And then I will be right back. Like, don't give yourself permission to be a lazy dude. Like mm. you don't deserve a break. Like yeah. what, what is that? Who are you? Like <laughs> if you want to work out and you have a newborn, and the weather's good, put that newborn on you, maybe put a rucksack on you. So you got another 15, 20 pounds and go for a 30 minute ruck, which you can do in suburbia. You can do it in, and you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. And then just keep yourself dialed in, practice your breathing. If you have problems with like thinking straight, you want to over, you want to take back your brain. Mm -hmm. So some breathing exercises there, like, look, there's no excuse. You can do it. But Building a business is incredibly time consuming. And there are periods when I have to work a lot more than other periods. That's the, that's the deal built doing business, but man, it, and it's very difficult. Even for me, who's practiced it for years. I got to put the phone away when my family is sitting there, we do dinner every night, yeah. no matter how busy are, we all sit and I have teenagers and we all sit and we have conversations. So there's very intentional time. So sometimes it's not quantity, it's quality. Yeah. So I think when you do a real self audit, you might just find that you're making excuses. 
someone, uh, Tyler Foley, early on in the podcast, he he mentioned the difference between, um, which still the point of prioritize, but he mentioned the difference between values and priorities. He says, my values have always been the same, but my priorities change. Sometimes my mm. priority is work because my value is providing for my family because family is my value. And he mentioned that those the priorities will shift day in, day out, but my values are going to stay the same in terms of what I'm doing it for. And for him, it was for his wife and and his kids. Scott, this has been amazing. I want to make sure that our audience can can listen to more of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood and all the work that you're doing. Get tapped in because this is all about community. I, I want our guys, if they've really resonated with your mission and what you've been saying, to get more access to it so they can keep getting fed these beautiful gems and show up better in their lives as husbands, fathers, and members of their society. So please, brother, how can they follow? Awesome. Thank you so much. So they can follow me, Scott Ramage, on Instagram and Facebook. I do have a Facebook group for men called The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Uh, There's approximately 4,000 men in there. You know, it's a Facebook group. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, but it's a great place to ask questions and get good and bad advice with that many men, you're going to get everything, <laughs> but, uh, the podcast, the brotherhood of fatherhood. And, and look, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this ahead of time. I'm going to say like, you don't turn off one podcast to do another, like what Ted has going on. I've listened is gold. And right. the last thing I want men to do is to turn away from one and go into another, but get the right lineup in line. Like sometimes I look at myself, I really enjoy listening to Joe Rogan, but what's coming of it. So I'll do that, but I always keep a podcast like yours in there and it's a weekly thing. And so heck yeah, I listen to the podcast, but don't stop what you're already doing. Cause like Ted, like I said, you're, what you're doing is phenomenal. And here's the thing I'm so incredibly excited about. I am so incredibly excited that you are I don't know how many years younger than me, but you are young, quite a bit younger than me. And you were so much farther along than I was at 45. And for me, for me, this is like the best thing in the world is to have guys dialed in and sharing a message because that is going to trickle down to some of our really bad situations now where some of the youth and young adults are entitled lazy, um, entitled, 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 and we've got to fight that. Yeah. And, um, and so like for me seeing you doing this and hearing the wisdom coming from your mouth and from your guest's mouth is like, like for me, like what would be the best? Sure. Plug into my stuff, but stay plugged in here. That would be the best. Man, I, I appreciate that, brother. I'll have those links in the show notes and I encourage folks to, yeah, keep the playlist in rotation, right? Add to the playlist because your diet is so much more than what you eat. It's what you listen to. It's what you absorb day in and day out. And 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 you have no idea how much I receive that message in terms of being along the line because I'm probably hard on myself wishing I was farther along, but it encourages me when I see some of our listeners in their twenties that reach out, um, have a guest on the podcast coming up who's 19 years old, started their own landscaping business, having employees, three trucks, everything. And he found the podcast he's reaching out. He's going to be a guest, but those are the stories that encouraging me. So uh, I, I look up to you, Scott. I appreciate the work that you're doing. I want to have the links in the show notes for people to link. And I'm just going to recap some of the, the gems that you made along the way as we wrap up really quick. Better than you're doing now. 
I love that because so many of us could look in the mirror and think our, I'm, I'm, we, we could think our roses don't stink. We, we think we have it figured out. Oh, I'm good. Work's good. Relationship's good. I'll tell you what, once I've gotten comfortable and thinking my life was set up, I've gotten punched in the face. So don't get complacent. Don't let up on the gas. Stay attentive and realize you could be doing better than you're doing now. Blinders. If you're putting your blinders on into your identity, what is being neglected? I understand the focus, the priority on one thing, but if you're focusing on the wrong thing, you could be neglecting those that need you the most. Could be your family, could be your kids, could be your wife. Validation and self-work. Having that validation, but also silencing the self-doubt by putting in the work. Just because you've gotten through a hump right away, doesn't make you the guru, doesn't make you the leader, but maybe it does say you're, you're on to something. And if you put in that process and that work and you build yourself up, you then can build something valuable that you can give to others. No playbook for parenting. Listen, I've done some reading. I've done the research. I've looked around. I still don't feel prepared. And I understand that there's going to be no template on how to. But once you get that precious cargo, your ability to face adversity, not just physical, but mental, be there, be present and face it head on. Be the buffalo. Just like Scott said, run into the storm and you will be stronger for it. Accountability for oneself, working on yourself, be the best husband you could be by prioritizing yourself. And of course, you don't have to neglect your life once you have kids, but you can prioritize and focus on quality over quantity. This has been an amazing episode. Scott, thank you again to the audience and the listeners, the watchers. Thank you for making it to the end. Hope you got value. And if you did, let us know. Hit that rating button because the only way we know how we're doing is when you rate and you leave us some feedback and share this with a friend if you got value from it. That's some of the best compliments you can give to podcasters is by sharing some of the work that you think was valuable to those that are close to you. And finally, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can get a new episode each and every single week. I wouldn't want you to miss the gems from our guests like Scott and others that we have every Wednesday. With that being said, guys, as we say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. 